Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McKinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, coming to you this, the 30th of March, and this, our fourth Wednesday in our midweek series during Lent, going over the Apostles' Creed. In the past few weeks, we've gone over the first and second articles, how God is our Creator and our Redeemer. And tonight, we start looking at the third article of the Creed, which we'll do next week as well, on the Holy Spirit, the Sanctifier. Now, before we delve into all of the third article of the Creed and the explanation, one thing that we should probably go over in today's context is that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity, not an it, not merely a force, but the third person of the Trinity, co-equal with the Father and the Son. And so that is what we are going over tonight. So let's get to it. Let's turn to our Vesper service with our opening hymn.
Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Thou art the health of my countenance. Judge me, O God, and lead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill, into thy tabernacles. Thou art the health of my countenance. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thou art the health of my countenance. The epistle for this third midweek Lenten series on the Creed is written in the second chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. When I came to you, brothers, I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not in persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith wouldn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We speak wisdom, however, among those who are full-grown, yet a wisdom not of this world, nor of the rulers of this world who are coming to nothing. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the wisdom that has been hidden, which God foreordained before the worlds for our glory, which none of the rulers of this world has known. For had they known it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, Things which an eye didn't see, and an ear didn't hear, which didn't enter into the heart of man, these God has prepared for those who love him. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For who among you knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except God's spirit. But we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that were freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Now, the natural man doesn't receive the things of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, and he can't know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
But he who is spiritual discerns all things, and he himself is judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he should instruct him? But we have Christ's mind. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Apostles' Creed, the third article. What is the third article? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead, and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another counselor, that he may be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, for it doesn't see him and doesn't know him. You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. One who has my commandments and keeps them, that person is one who loves me. One who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last fall, the Barna Research Group surveyed a number of people who professed to be Christian, and there were many shocking findings from this survey, as you could probably imagine. But one of the most shocking was that 50 to 62 percent of self-professed Christians did not believe the Holy Spirit is real, but is merely a symbol of God's strength. Now, if you ever wondered what would happen if we dropped the creeds from our services or from our catechesis, here you go. This is what would happen. 50 to 62% believe the Holy Spirit isn't real, despite what the Bible teaches. The problems, however, don't end there. And as we go outside the survey, it becomes evident that of those who do believe that the Holy Spirit is real, many believe the Holy Spirit is merely a force or some power of God, but not a person of the Trinity. 
Look at Christian literature outside of our churches, and you will find many examples of people referring to the Holy Spirit not as He, but as It. And I've even had people ask me, the Holy Spirit, what does It do? (laughs) And of those who believe the Holy Spirit is real, many think the Holy Spirit is merely a thing, not a He. And of those who think the Holy Spirit is an It, They think that all the Holy Spirit does amounts only to some magical ability of insight or maybe some nice warm feelings. In our catechisms, our small and large catechism, it's assumed in our catechisms that people, especially self-professed Christians, know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, that he is a he and not merely an it. But today, as with probably everything in mainstream American Christianity, We can't assume anything. Not anymore. Because in our world, the very basic of the basics need to be taught. Even what we assume about the basics has to be taught. So tonight, let's take a step back before we delve into the entire third article and the explanation in the small catechism. Let us consider the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. Let us consider where he reveals himself in Scripture and how we confess him in the creeds. Now, in the Apostles' Creed, we confess, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot packed into that little line. There's so much of the scriptures packed into there. And well, where do we find the Holy Spirit? All over the scriptures. Right away in Genesis, the first chapter, first few verses, there is the Spirit of God hovering, it says, over the face of the waters. So that right away in the scriptures, we see the Spirit with water and the Word of God as the Father creates. That's going to be a theme throughout the scriptures. So God created with the Spirit of wisdom as all things were created by and through His wisdom. Here God creates with the Spirit of might as God shows His power as he creates by his word, by the spirit and the waters. Now move a chapter forward in Genesis from creation, and the scripture says that God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The breath of life. That word for breath in Hebrew and Greek is also the word for spirit. So as the church fathers teach it, It's as if the Son of God stood face to face before the man made of clay and breathed from his mouth the Holy Spirit into the man's nostrils. So the man, what's being breathed into the man, is not just the breath of life, it's also the spirit of life, giving life to Adam and all mankind. That is why in the Nicene Creed we confess in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. And after that, shortly after that, we also confess who spoke by the prophets. Because after the creation of man, the Holy Spirit is seen all throughout the Old Testament, speaking by Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and we could go on and on and on and on. All the prophets is how the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks by all of them. So that where you hear and read the Old Testament... When you hear and read those words of the Old Testament, there is the spirit of prophecy speaking by the prophets. And it takes no time at all to find him in the New Testament either. Right there in Luke, 
The angel Gabriel tells Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest, that is, the spirit of power, will overshadow you, so that we confess every week that our Lord was made incarnate by the Holy Spirit. There he is again. Move a chapter later in Luke, and there again is the Holy Spirit, descending as a dove upon our Lord at his baptism, where the Holy Spirit anoints our Lord as the Christ, where the Spirit shows himself to be the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Christ. And there the Holy Spirit is throughout the entire New Testament, as Christ, by the finger of God, which is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of power, the finger of God is the Spirit, Christ, by the finger of God, casts out demons and heals many. The Holy Spirit is the promised paraclete, whom our Lord promises to send after his ascension. Now, paraclete is a word that can mean advocate, one who fights for us and through us in this life. It can mean comforter, one who brings comfort in our tribulation by his word. Or it can mean counselor, one who guides us through all prayer and all of our life here. It means all those things, all of that wrapped up in the word paraclete. The Spirit is who Christ gave up on the cross when he died, and the Spirit is who Christ breathed upon and into the apostles when, after his resurrection, he stood before them face to face. So face to face, he breathed life into his apostles, that is, into the new creation of his church. The Spirit is also the rushing wind, the rushing Spirit, who came into the room with the apostles on Pentecost and then descended upon them in tongues of fire, so that the Spirit of prophecy didn't just speak through the prophets, he also spoke through the apostles, so that where we hear and read the New Testament, again, there is the Spirit of prophecy speaking by the apostles. In baptism, Baptism is where you stand face to face with Christ crucified. And in the waters is where Christ from the cross looks at you face to face and breathes the Spirit out from his mouth as he gives up the ghost and breathes it into your nostrils, giving you new life by the Spirit of life who is given to you by the water and the word. It is at the baptismal font where you are made a new creation with the Spirit, the word, and the waters. In baptism, you receive the Spirit of truth, who brings you the blessings of all truth, of all of Christ. That is where the Spirit of freedom makes you free. That is where the Spirit of, of adoption makes you sons of the Father, where the Spirit of grace brings forgiveness of sins to you as our Lord wanted and gives it to you from the cross, through the waters, by the Spirit. It is in baptism where the Spirit proceeds from God and comes to you, so that what no eye has seen, you can now see with eyes of faith. What no ear has heard, you can now hear with ears of faith. What no heart of man has imagined, you can now with a new heart cling unto the promise of the resurrection. In baptism is where you receive from the Spirit all those things prepared for those who love God. And you are those who love God now baptized, so that by the spirit of understanding you now understand the heavenly things. By the spirit of knowledge you can know the things of God from the spirit of God who knows the depths of God. And all of that can sound confusing, but all of it is to say is that in baptism the spirit forms you, recreates you into the image of Christ crucified. 
In baptism, the Spirit forms your mind into the mind of Christ himself as the Spirit is breathed into you there. Now, our Lord says that the world does not know the Holy Spirit because the world does not receive him or see him or know him. But you who are baptized, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son and now dwells in and with you. And the Holy Spirit is not just some near force of power or love. He is the third person of the Trinity who is the power of God and who causes love to come to fruition in us. He's a person of the Trinity that causes that to happen. Other churches may tell you that the Holy Spirit does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, and that he's not tied to anything. But that's not exactly true. Now, it is true that the wind, the Spirit, blows where he wishes, and that when we hear him, we cannot tell where he comes from and where he goes. And so it happens like that with everyone born of the Spirit. But we know by which means the Spirit works, and we know where to find him. For if the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of prophecy, then he is the Spirit of the Word, so that wherever the Word of God is rightly and purely preached and taught, there is the Spirit working in and with the Word in the hearts of all that hear, creating faith in the hearts of those who have the Word enter into their heart. And if the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of life, then he is him of whom we are born when we are born anew of water and spirit. For that which is born of spirit is spirit. And you, being born of the spirit of adoption, is how you enter the kingdom of heaven. So then, where the church baptizes and gives life anew in the font, there is the Spirit with water and the word. And if the Spirit is the Spirit who overshadowed the Virgin Mary and conceived the flesh and blood of Christ within her womb, if Christ descended from heaven into the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit is also he who, at the words of institution, overshadows the bread and wine at this altar and brings us the flesh and blood of Christ within the bread and wine, so that where the church tells you to come and eat and drink the body and blood of our Lord, there also is the Spirit with the Word bringing our Lord to you, his forgiveness to you, and you to our Lord. So that at this altar, by the Spirit, you know that our Lord is in the Father, and you are in the Lord, and the Lord is in you. That you who love the Son are loved by the Father, and are loved by Christ, as Christ here at this altar makes himself manifest to you. Manifest in his gathering the church. Manifest here at the altar with his flesh and blood. As the Spirit dwells with you and in you, here at the gathering, you see what the world cannot see, the body of Christ. Here at the gathering, you hear what the world cannot hear, the word of God, the voice of your shepherd, whom you know and who knows you. Here at the gathering, you come to grasp and partake of what the world cannot imagine, the flesh and blood of Christ, who died and rose for you. From all this, we see that the Spirit is not an it, but he, the third person of the Trinity, and we know he's divine, we know he's God, because he proceeds from the Father and the Son, who are also God. 
And we confess in the Athanasian Creed not that the Spirit is a mere force, but he's the third person of the Trinity, co-equal in glory and majesty and co-eternal with the Father and the Son. We say he is, we confess he is uncreated, infinite, almighty, neither created nor begotten, but proceeding to be worshipped and glorified with the Father and the Son. Worshipped not as three separate gods, but worshipped as one God, one Lord. For the Holy Spirit is one God with the Father and the Son. And because of the Holy Spirit, we are able to believe all of this, as we'll hear more about next week. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, 
according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Holy Spirit, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son to give life and salvation to the world, and who, together with the Father and the Son, we worship and glorify as the only true God. Receive our thanks and praise for proclaiming Christ to us through the preaching of the gospel and gifts of the holy sacraments. Faith in Jesus Christ our Savior, hope in the resurrection of the body and of life everlasting, and love for God and our enemies are all your creations and gifts to us through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. Preserve the holy Christian church among us through the faithful preaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments of Christ. Bless the communion of saints that every baptized Christian, sharing in Christ's love through his forgiveness, might abide in Christ and bear witness to his love in all that we do and say. Give us firm hope in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, so that we might faithfully endure persecution for Jesus' sake and suffer all, even death itself, rather than fall away from him who gave his life for us. Amen. O God, who by grace grants to sinners forgiveness, have mercy upon your suppliant people, that confessing our guilt we receive remission thereof. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of your grace may mercifully be relieved. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create in making us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this Vesper service this evening, and we'll be back again with a matin service on Sunday, released about 8.45, and we'll be back again next Wednesday for the last Vesper service in midweek Lent, at least for this series, going over the third article of the Creed and wrapping up our series. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.